Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, episode 36. I am uh, becoming more aware that my own expectations of anything happening in, in reality are getting in the way of those things happening. And it's not to say that they're not going to happen, but they're not going to happen with as much ease and freedom as is possible if I let go of the idea that any of those expectations are necessary. And through that, you know, through my own experience, I am sharing the possibility of letting go of those expectations with no expectation of you listening or, or anyone comprehending anything that I'm saying, but just sharing for the sake of sharing, because I'm finding freedom in it. And I know it's possible for you too, as well. And I am occasionally unpolished and deliberately offensive. And I just want to mention this quickly because it is deliberate. Understand that I will say things from time to time that sound insensitive. And then after saying that insensitive thing, we'll follow up with the reason I said that insensitive thing or something that balances out the content of what I'm saying. And the reason, quite frankly, is because I could be a salesman and I could entice you into believing about unity with flowery speech and everything that makes you feel better about your ego. I could easily do that and it would not do you any good whatsoever. So to get any depth in this conversation, your ego has to take a hit. You have to be willing to let go of the need to respond in defense of a fiction. You do. And once you're willing to do that, once you're willing to grow some thicker skin, once you are willing to recognize that you're stronger than your ego wants you to believe, you and I can have a conversation. And at that point, we can have insights together. And what I'm doing will make more sense. But I want you to recognize, especially going into this episode of Raw, because I was in a funky mood when we started. I am very much a spiritual meat grinder. At the end of the day, I'm not looking to make you happy. I'm not looking to be your friend. There very much is a conversation that you are welcome to have if you have the courage to do so. And if you don't, fuck you. Because there are a lot of people who do, and I frankly don't have the time. Okay, I love you, for sure. If you want to turn around and have a conversation with me with an open mind and the willingness to grow, I'm right there. I will stick it out with you for as long as I can. But if you can't take a single sentence that rubs up against your ego, if you're constantly looking for a way to validate yourself and a way to vilify everyone who doesn't make you feel good, you're not going to get along with me. And that is deliberate because I love you. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream. That is Duelist Community Raw, episode 36, motherfucker. And here we are again for another Sunday. Oh, I'm stoked about this. I have some shit I want to rant about today. Uh, it's another live stream. So, of course, uh, we get to go all over the map today. We're joined by Scott from the Causing the Effect podcast, which is great because we don't normally actually have guests on our live show so that's fantastic but uh before i get off to on any tangent whatsoever i just want to give a shout out to everybody who's gotten in touch with us since last week and volunteered their time i by no means meant to rant and rave about that email that i got um but i really appreciate how many people reached out and 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 we're really quite nice about it and just saying like no this means a lot and it doesn't feel like you're trying to rip us off and so on and so forth and you know it I got the feels is what I'm saying. I got all emotional and shit. I cried in front of one person. It was, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but, um, but people did really just reach out and have volunteered their time and whatever capacity 
that they can. Um, we're still working on getting back to some of them. And I just wanted to say thanks. It, it really does mean a lot. Yeah, it means the world to us and uh, to see people so interested in the conversation, getting involved in the conversation that they're willing to spend their time for uh, for not an amount of money at the moment, but just the desire to, to drive this message uh, through reality as, as in as many ways as we possibly can. So it it's incredible. It's uh, there has never been an expectation for anyone outside of us to, to help with all of this, but it really does mean a ton to us. So thank you to, you know, from anyone who's reached out to uh, help with clips or editing or, or whatnot to people on Patreon to anyone just tuning in for a live stream. Uh, all of it adds to the pile and uh, and it means a ton. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't be more excited because fucking rocking and rolling these days, the trajectory is picking up, the pace is picking up and I'm uh I'm picking up. <laughs> so let's go. Let's uh, go. Having fun doing it, certainly. But well, and yeah. thank you guys for uh inviting me on this. I feel very honored. And you know, I could just tell everybody listening that these guys are the real deal. And it's it's uh I'm just happy to be here. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a half fly on the wall, half contributor. So let's rock and roll. That's basically how we all feel here. Man. Yeah, it's great. I love <laughs> so, this. It was interesting. I was uh, chatting with Andrew just before this, as we tend to do. And I was laughing a bit at how life has changed so much for me. Like it seems on the one hand, so very light most of the time, regardless of the turbulent shit that might be happening from moment to moment. People don't know anything about my life as a whole, but if they did, they'd be like, I didn't know that. I promise you. I absolutely promise you. But it's fun for me because I walk through my life and I'll go for a walk. And all of a sudden I had this insight that, I was both watching my thoughts go by. So my thoughts were happening, which was kind of fun. And then my body was doing its thing. I was going for a walk and I was aware of all of my steps and I'm, I've been focusing on health and whatnot lately. So there's a lot of physical awareness. So that's happening. And at the same time, I'm in the state of awareness of both of those things happening. So I'm in three different levels at the same time. And it dawns on me that I'm not sure which one I am so much as they're all just happening at the same time. And so I'm more or less just going along for the flow, watching all of these things happen wondering where it all goes. And I don't know. And I find the more I let that go, the more I, wor I worry less about it, the more I worry less about it. That's good. The less I worry about it, the easier everything becomes. And it's not that it becomes less challenging. Everything is still challenging. Like I face challenges every day. There's still that holy crap. There's a lot of shit to deal with feeling all the time. But it's not, it's going to overwhelm me. There's never this fear that it's more than me anymore. Like at most, it becomes a lot and you're like, all right, let's narrow that down to one bite at a time or, or better. Fuck it. I need a five minute break because again, right. But it doesn't ever become that need like, oh my God, I've got to do this or I'm not going to live up to my own fucking invisible bar. Like it doesn't make any sense. And, and so it's so nice now that that's gone to recognize how much easier that that gets. Once you recognize it's all bullshit. Like, it's all bullshit. Your brain is constantly fucking with you. It's constantly trying to tell you, no, no, you got to live up to this invisible ideal. You got to be better. Got to be something else. Why? Well, because I know nothing but comparison. <laughs> That's it. But it doesn't understand presence. It doesn't understand what you are right now or your potential. It can't because it's too busy trying to speculate. That's its job. That's I mean, funny. I've been, I've been, I'm sorry, Andrew, but I gotta, no, I gotta just, you guys have, put this in my brain of like, you know, start with awareness and just let it kind of flow out. And I think since the last time we spoke like a month ago, I've just been practicing on that. And I've been in that game of comparison for like 
six or seven months of like, and just play, just getting mad that like this, a bank account, this doesn't match where I think it should be or like just dumb shit. And I just said, fuck this. All I'm going to do is focus on awareness. And through that, like so much crazy shit has happened to me, like good things. I'm saying like just opportunities and like just fun little things like without starting there, you can't get anywhere else. And you just end up like overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And I've given myself enough space, not only to see things, but like, it just takes a lot of the faults away. It takes a lot of pressure away and you got to be diligent. Like for me, I have to be diligent, wake up early, meditate for an hour, Eckhart Tolle in my brain and the eternal present moment, Scott and the bell and all this stuff. But it really like, is just that simple. And that's all I've been doing. That's all I've focused on. Anytime you get overwhelmed, it's like, just bring yourself to the moment and focus on that. Cause that's all there really is anyway. Nice. Now it's just doing reps. Exactly. Yeah. The only thing you have to do is be attentive to where you're at and keep coming to coming back to that. Like fucking everything gets easier, but it's fascinating how much we create these expectations that we then think we have to live up to. And even, even in response to people, like sometimes I'll have, you know, very calm responses to people on social media. And sometimes I'll be kind of an ass and I'll be like, I find it hilarious that you are having such a difficult time processing this because it's really not a very difficult thing to grasp. And then they'll be like, well, that's just mean, you know, you have this goal of helping people. And I'm like, who the fuck said that? (laughs) When did I ever say that? I'm sharing my experiences. I'm being authentic in myself. Like if it helps you cool, my, my expectation is not to help people. I don't have this goal of like building an empire and helping 10 million people across the, across the world in my lifetime. It's like, fuck that noise. That's like the most egotistical bar you can set for yourself to have that expectation. And that's going to drive everything that you do. Like you're not going to be expressing yourself in the way that you want to, you're going to be expressing yourself in the way that you think is best going to help other people. And you don't even know what that is. Like some people need to, it's more helpful to see someone who is willing to drop that whole narrative of like, being calm and whatnot, because that's what they need in their life. So that, that response that I share, someone comes across that and they're like, Oh wait, I don't have to fit in this narrow box of being spiritual and and calm all the time. Like I can, I can do that too. Like that's helpful, but I wouldn't have gotten there if I was trying to be helpful, had this fucking made up idea of what being helpful is like, we never know. So the expectations, the ideas just aren't necessary at all. We don't need them. And as you were saying, like things get so much easier, so much clearer, things start happening more and more perfectly when you let go of the idea that there's any way to expect them to go and, and, and any idea of what you think is the best way for them to go. Cause you can't know. So letting go of that will allow them to happen more perfectly. It's like step, it's like being in the way thinking that that's going to get it there. And then it's, you realize, oh, I can just step aside and it like takes you. Yeah, and it's, it, it's like the opposite of like the personal development, Tony Robbins nonsense of like setting goals and this, because I was in that world for like two years and I was like, this is so great, but A, you're not really even enjoying this and you're constantly comparing to this other person in the future and just having this dialogue of like, I just want to get there. And this is why I just hate all that now, because it's like they can just have you on this you know, trial for years and years and years. And it's like, but I still don't feel that good about myself. Yeah. And that's why I had to, I had to cut it and you guys are my coaches now, bitches. So let's, let's roll. It's that simple. Here, here's the free tip awareness, bitch. That's it. That's it. Easy. It's funny because 
you always end up getting this response. And I got this yesterday that, you know, well, if you just reworded your message, if you just change how you put this, you know, you get your message a lot farther. A lot more people would listen to you. You'd be a better teacher. I'm not trying to fucking teach you. Like, and then I, I always respond, like, do your due diligence. Take this, take some responsibility. Like, just imagine nobody who wants to teach you is ever going to teach you anything that's valuable. Let's just imagine that, that everybody who's like, listen to me is trying to take advantage of you. Let's just say that. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I don't want you to listen to me. I don't even think you can. That's the worst thing. I don't actually think anybody's understanding anything I'm fucking saying whatsoever. And the reason is because I'm saying something and it's coming out through concepts and words, which betray everything I'm saying. So it doesn't matter what I'm saying. You're hearing what you can hear. So why would I take that personally? Why would I be like, yes, I am such a good teacher when I know we have a barrier. I know we both have our own responsibility in this. I can't take that from you. And if I try, I'm just, I'm betraying you. I'm undermining you. I'm disempowering you. So for me to put myself above anyone and say, I'm teaching you, shh, listen, I mean that, shh, don't say anything. <laughs> like, fuck you, man. Like, that's the first response I'd get in my head if somebody's like, shh, I have to impart with fuck off. Straight up, here's some wisdom. Don't expect things. Right? Life doesn't do what we want it to do. Life doesn't, like, life isn't this Zen fucking lotus blossom picture that we want it to be. Life is chaotic. But you can be calm amidst the chaos. That has nothing to do with me. If I'm like, oh, look at how calm I am. It's all a fucking show. It's all a show. Absolutely. Andrew knows a little bit of the shit that I deal with in my life day to day to day. And even he will go, yeah, you don't, you don't show it at all. Huh? But do I look calm? Am I trying to, to show people some picture of Buddhist peace? No, I'm not. I'm expressive. I'm passionate. I go all over the fucking map. I swear. I do things. I talk about fucking whatever I want to talk about. Hell, the other day we were talking about duck penises or uh, masturbation. Yeah, like I saw really you, Yo, I don't know what you guys were talking about last week. It was fantastic. And I want to get into that. And also Sunday Ray is my favorite race. So we know Sun Ray's on some shit today. Jesus <laughs> but that's all it's about. Like, just be you. Just be you. But if you can find the peace in that, if you can find that place in between what you're doing, where you're like, oh, wow, there's actually a rhyme and a reason to all this happening. Like, I just got to calm the fuck down. And oh, there's a trigger. <gasps> That's where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And you're not personalizing any of it because as soon as you do, you're fucked. As soon as you're like, oh, there's a trigger. Oh, and I'm such, oh, poor me. Oh, and it's not that you can't do that. You can, but then you're fucked. You're immediately fucked for feeling sorry for yourself. You don't have to feel sorry for yourself to recognize how much you've gone through. You can go, holy fucking shit, am I strong? And just celebrate the fact that you're still here. Or you can go the other way and justifiably feel bad for yourself because we're all living on a goddamn prison planet. There's so much happening. Like all of us are keeping each other in line in this weird fucking dance towards annihilation. Like it's fucking bizarre. We are so self-absorbed. We're so busy trying to feel better about shit that we're causing for ourselves most of the time. That's all it is. I'm going to stop ranting now. Ah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking hilarious how, I don't know, how fragile people are. And then they have this expectation that you should be obedient to their perspective like to to their individual 
wants. Like they think so highly of themselves that you should cater to exactly what they want. And in that response to uh, someone in the comments saying like, oh, you would be a, you know, a better teacher if this, that, this, that it's like, according to who, according to you, it would make you a little bit more comfortable because you can't find any comfort in your super fucking awful life where you're always resisting everything that's happening to you and, and just looking for ways to feel better about it through other people and looking everywhere besides yourself, everywhere besides just taking responsibility for it. And I, it was interesting. I was even thinking this morning about, I've, I've been thinking a lot about the idea of changing the world and how people have this whole grand narrative of changing the world. And I think the desire to change the world does exactly the opposite of changing it. Like we, we all think that we have this idea that changing the world, it's the, and I tweeted this this morning that, or something along the lines of changing, trying to change the world is the easiest thing to try to do. And the hardest thing to actually do trying to change yourself is one of the easiest things to do because as much as there is no control, you have influence over your perspective, your response, all of those things. So it's the easiest thing to do, but it takes responsibility. It takes letting go of the foisting of that responsibility onto everyone else. You can't blame anyone else for your response to a situation. Sure, you can get caught up in blaming them for the situation, but what is that actually going to do? Like, where is that actually going to take you? Deeper into suffering, deeper into having this positive idea of yourself because you can put everyone else down and have this other perspective of of everyone else. It's just interesting to me how little responsibility we want to take for our reality. Like we want to blame everything else. We want to be a victim for everything else. And that doesn't do us any good. It creates more suffering for ourselves. that resistance to the way things are. And, and as much as it seems like it's this grand mountain to climb, it's, it's not responsibility is not this crazy thing like it, it's just a dropping of the idea that it's on anyone besides you and changing the world is changing yourself is changing the world but we don't see that and we don't want to take the responsibility so we'd rather just spend our lives jerking around trying to change the world doing absolutely nothing besides making ourselves feel better just because we think we're changing the world like it's it's so funny. And this reminds me last night I was watching. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Tony Hinchcliffe. He's like one of the least uh, politically correct comedians out there. Mm -hmm. And he loves when people at his shows start uh, like heckling him because there's always someone who's like super easily triggered by by something that he says. And there was one uh, bit I was watching last night where this woman brought up how she works with special needs kids like like two or three times during her rant with thing. And he, and he just pointed that out. He's like, isn't it fascinating how people with issues who are willing to speak out always has, have something to point back to themselves to make themselves seem like they're doing all this good in the world. And it's like, are you really doing good for the sake of doing good? Or are you doing it so that when you are in a situation like this, you can pull it out of your back pocket and be like, look, see, look at me. Look at how righteous I am. Like, you're not actually doing jack shit for the sake of doing it. You're not actually trying to help anyone but yourself. And that's how so many of us live. And we're not willing to, you know, turn around and, and look in the mirror from time to time. That's one of the biggest fucking issues with all of reality is that everyone's just looking outside of themselves to find solace, peace, and fixing the world. <laughs> it's on right. everyone but you.
but think about it, man. I mean, like we could all, we could go get to the work of fixing the world. I mean, yeah, that sounds important, but I mean, you keep swearing. I can't do anything. I like until we get over your swearing, which is really the priority here. What can we do about the world? I'm offended. That's huge to me. The world's going to have to be secondary. Sorry. What do you think that is, guys? Like that, either that feeling of, like people like feeling offended. People like even when you have your, from a person who's an addictive personality, when you know you're fucking up, you kind of like that feeling of fucking up or that negative feeling instead of being numb. And uh, I couldn't really understand why I was on that pity potty for like six or seven months. It just was, was, and you just like it and you kind of get in the cycle. And I think once you get a move away from awareness, the, pri the primitive, like I always look at life, like there's a balance of your primitive side and the divine side. And the second I start going towards more primitive, I'll just fucking be on that train. So I think you have to just be aware of those two and play that game with yourself. Cause the second I feel divine, I feel, I feel godly today. I'd say I feel fantastic. It's just a weird thing, but you know, it's a little bipolar in there probably, but what do you guys, what are your guys thoughts on this? Um, I, I just want to mention that, uh, I spent like a decade there. <laughs> like, I, I just like, I'm not even shitting. Like, I get it. Like, don't, like what? Se seven months. Nice. Like, it's just, that's awesome. Like, because it just sucks. But you, you spent a decade, right? Here? Oh my God. I was in depression for so long, man. Like I hated everything about my life. I was suicidal for years. Like it, it was really bad. Razor's edge shit. Like constantly. If I wasn't, if I wasn't like on the floor crying because I hated my life, I was usually lost in some drug or I was drunk pretty much all the time. Like it was, it was a rough decade uh, is what I'm saying. <laughs> And so um, when it comes down to it, I think it's really helpful to, to remember that there's this weird, twisted fucking benefit to, to feeling sorry for yourself. Like there's this weird juice that you get out of feeling sorry for yourself and getting other people to feel sorry for you. And, and I, I tied this to, well, we were talking about this last week in terms of attention, right? Like attention is, I'm going to try and put this a better way. Attention is very much the currency of the universe. And we know that underneath, like we understand that, but we don't understand that we understand that. And so we look for attention from other people because we're like, that makes me valuable. Anything they're paying attention to has to have value, but it doesn't dawn on us that that's true for us too. Anything we pay attention to gets more value. So we don't pay attention to ourselves. Instead, we pay attention to them paying attention to us. And so we're not looking at ourselves as a source of value. We need them. So we need their attention. And the, how do you get attention? Get people to feel sorry for you. And so there's a strategy that connects there that you can get stuck on. There's a strategy that, that ties in, but unfortunately it ends up dragging you down because the more you focus on why people should feel sorry for you, the more you're feeling sorry for you. And it just gets worse. And so eventually you have to go, right, 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 right. Whatever happened, I have right now and start putting attention into right now, which is putting attention into you. And very slowly, like a tree, it starts to grow and you start to recognize like, right, I don't have to what? Why am I worried about these fucking people? And the whole thing changes. It like it flips upside down and you're in an entirely new universe that starts with you like it should have the entire time. I think that may be the hardest step for people. That's probably why they're getting so mad at you guys, because 
like imagine not looking at yourself and then like like if i never looked at myself a little bit now i had to do all this i'm like yo this this is chaos i gotta do it so it's easier just to say feel bad for yourself or be angry at people because then it just continues your story and you don't got to worry about yourself so i'd rather just keep going and going instead of just going back and looking but look motherfuckers that's all i'll tell you yeah it's like it's like this weird uh state of avoidance that yeah. as much as as much as it sucks and like it, it's perpetuating that suffering, that suffering is comfortable. So you know it. And it's like, uh, Ray, you brought up like the devil, you know, or wait, no, I, I'm, I'm confusing things now because I've been clipping up episode one of the podcast. <laughs> and he said it literally in episode one, which is like fucking a year and a half ago. You said the devil, you know, um, and I, I've gone through that a few <laughs> times. So that's funny, but it is the devil we know is, is what we cling to. And so if we're in that state, it's what we know. And, and changing that is uncomfortable. And it actually uh, reminds me of something that I've thought about before because it's something that I have experienced. And so I'm not trying to sound insensitive at all here. Uh, this is from my experience, but I think people will understand where I'm coming from. When someone dies that you know, people like post about it and, and talk about it. And like, there's this, I don't know if, if you guys have seen this before, but like, it's this weird kind of thing where they'll post about it and almost feel better because they knew that person who died and then they're getting, I think it's the same sort of thing, that attention from it in a way, like even if, and I'm not necessarily saying like someone you're super close with, but someone that you were like kind of close with, and then you'll make this whole post and kind of like overdo how well you knew them just so that people feel bad for you. And I think it ties back to that same sort of attention thing, but I see this sometimes where it's like, obviously super sad, like someone, you know, dies, but I see it sometimes where people will, will kind of, I don't know, push it a little further. And I think it's that attention thing. Cause I think it's like, it feels good for people to be like, feel sorry for you in a way like do you know do you know what i'm talking about with that i think it's a i get super annoyed by the celebrity posting when you post that somebody died it's like yo i've you never cared about the guy from the sopranos that passed away six months ago why are you posting this it's because they want us to know that they care about another person like bro leave me alone but you're stupid like like why are you posting about whatever his name is it's like and this happens every couple months and it's like you never mention this person you don't care about him you just want me to know that you were feeling sorry for yourself bringing it back to andrew's point that's a great point actually and i want to bring that back to just what people do in general this is something i often deal with in coaching and and, and again like it's a totally normal response to some degree that people will continue to feel like they, if they're not hurting at the person's passing, it's indicative that they didn't care. People actually start to convince themselves, like, unless it still hurts, I didn't really love them. And that's, that's a tough one for people to get over. I've, I've talked to people about this so many times. It's like, no, like, think about it. Like, it's okay. It's got to stop hurting eventually. Like it's, that's okay. It doesn't mean you love them any less. You do. You weren't hurting when they were alive, mm -hmm. right? You still loved them. So love doesn't equal hurt, right? But there is that 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 connection. Like 
hurting equals compassion, hurting equals, you know, empathy. It's exactly what you're saying. And so, yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, this person died. Oh, oh, but that's a bottomless pit. It's a bottomless pit to the point where like, they're coming to offer you like crisis counseling because one of your favorite celebrities died or something like eventually it's going to get to that point. And it's just because we don't, the idea of self-regulation isn't really something that, that we encourage in society. And I know as a parent, like I understand how much programming is like, you got to be there for your kid all the time. It's like, give your kid some space, let them work some shit out. Like they'll come back to you. They're not that fragile, but they can be if you never let them develop, right? And so now we have kids that are in their teens that have no ability to, to self-regulate because every time they threw a tantrum, they were just handed a distraction or bought a toy, right? And, and so now every time they, it's like, oh, I can't, I can't deal with this. And you'll see fucking meltdowns. Oh my God, the meltdowns. It's crazy. It's like, you, no, you can't play X, Y, and it's just like, what? How did you get here? Because it just, it, the problem's not today. The problem is the series of days that led up to now. The problem is that somebody was emulating a version of reality to you that's not real. Like as a parent, I really do think that is my job to emulate reality, which means reality has consequences. If you treat someone badly, they don't appreciate it. You don't look at them and go, well, that's okay, Timmy, here's a cookie. You don't do that, right? You go, you know what? I just need some space, Tim. You go entertain yourself. And immediately they're like, oh, I, I did something that like that welcome response isn't there. Why isn't it there? And it's not like you're angry about it whatsoever, but you're acting as reality would, which is I set a boundary when you are being abusive, right? That's how children learn. But there's this whole dynamic in terms of parenting and people as a whole, like you got to nurture everyone's feelings all the time. And as I said at the beginning of this, no, no one does. No one is required to be aware of your triggers. No one is required to cater to your shit. No one. And trying to force them to is not gonna make it happen, right? But that expectation, holy shit. You wanna live in a glass house? Yeah, start expecting reality to cater to you and just keep going down that path. You're gonna be fucked very shortly. Absolutely. And that, that's why they say those years one through four the, of the kids development is so important, particularly getting them into like games. They said, you know, playing games with kids because it's not about, listen, it's not about winning or losing. Like in the, well, for me, it is because if you're not first, you're last, but you need to understand failure, A, and then you have to understand how to work with kids because the kids will tell you, A, you can do this or B, you can't do that. And that's what creates cooperation and connection with just the whole point of life for us. So when you're telling me there's no score or anything and we can just do whatever we want from the small percentage of children I know, I've seen them go one way or the other. They're either super controlled and then they're out of control or they're super sheltered. And then you can't walk outside by yourself. And it's like, you have to kind of draw that line of, listen, this is a game, but we're playing the game. You're playing life. You're not trying to force your way through it. Cause then you have these Trump guys who just, you know, just berating people. It's just insane. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fascinating how, how much we're seeing adults act like little babies. Like we're seeing the behavior of small children and babies thinking that the world should cater to everything that they do in adults, like expecting someone to understand your triggers, cater to your triggers, call you a certain thing. All of that stuff is acting like a fucking baby. Like that is literally baby behavior. 
That's how they, that's how they, <laughs> and, and we're seeing it like in adults and it's being catered to, and it's being like accepted and pushed as the way reality should be. And it's, it's funny how like fucking selfish and self-centered it is. It is maybe the most self-centered thing, most self-centered way you can act. Like we talk about, everyone's talking about inclusivity and acceptance and all of that. Like, how about we stop thinking that your opinion of the way people should act is the objective truth and the way that everyone should act all the time. Maybe you should stop being so fucking sensitive and like, I don't know, take a little bit of responsibility or at least understand that your expectations aren't going to be catered to all the time and become okay with that. Not try and change everything to cater to those expectations. Like it's fucked how we've actually gotten to a point that people expect other people to call them a certain thing or, or to act in a certain way or respond in a certain way or cater to their triggers ever. Like Ray, you sent me that video of that, uh, the TikTok of that fucking, it looked like a, it was on another planet of the person at the front being like, hey, I get triggered by loud noises, so please don't clap. As they're screaming into a fucking microphone in an auditorium, like, oh my God, you think so highly of yourself that you think this crowd of 500 people should cater to you. And instead of clapping, they should do this. And then, and then they were bitching about people like talking in the crowd. Hey, keep, please keep quiet. You're, you're triggering my, my internal thing. It's like fucking a take some responsibility for your reality. Like it, it's, that's the shift is thinking that everyone else should change or recognizing that maybe you can change. Maybe you don't have to have all of those triggers. If you took a good long look in the mirror. I just want to add, because I, I know. I understand right now that somebody is listening to this going, this sounds so ableist. And I very much want to say the words, everything, all the time kept popping up in everything that Andrew was just saying there. You see, we're not saying that there shouldn't be some, some sensitivity to everyone, for sure. We're saying that getting so uptight about everything being catered to, being uptight about being uncomfortable to any degree, is a box that makes your life more difficult. That isn't to say that we as a culture can't actually be more sensitive to one another, but it is to say that it's a two-way street. Like while we can work on being sensitive, you can work on toughening up because there is a balance. There is a, there is a way that you can meet reality and match that pressure. This is something we learn in martial arts all the time. Like when you have incoming pressure, you, you equalize that shit, right? This is the point, but that doesn't mean like just caving on your side all the time as the pressure is coming in and saying, please stop pushing. Like that doesn't work. That's not going to work. And so you need to be able to at least push back a little bit enough to keep that space so you can develop as a person and maybe get a little thicker skin. But it's important to remember that like, yeah, part of it's on us. Absolutely. No doubt there. I'm not saying it's not. What I am saying is that I don't know if you've been looking around or not. But most of the fucking people on this planet don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you because they're too busy worrying about themselves because life is fucking hard. Okay, so to disregard that, to just expect everybody to put down all of the shit they worry about and worry about you is unreasonable. It sounds unreasonable when you think about it that way, doesn't it? 
right? When you really, when you think about all the shit that everybody's dealing with and you think to yourself, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm uncomfortable around, you know, heavy scents. Oh, maybe don't go in places with heavy scents. That's just, you know, or, or smell it out. Oh, I'm okay. Oh, heavy scent. That's too much for me. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Right. That kind of thing. But to walk around and get pissed off, like, oh, that person's wearing heavy perfume. Like they fucking know you. They don't know you. They have other shit to worry about. They might be wearing perfume to cover the, the fucking anxious sweat that they've been going through all morning, worrying about people like you. Yeah, and I think the, the key with this, I, I've really been sitting here thinking about what to say because I'll get myself in trouble, uh, is, is the balance because like there's there's a line to be drawn with the we could use the um the identification. Like if you want to want me to call you whatever, I'll call you that, but I'm not gonna call you like a cat or something. I can't identify you as a cat. That is like my line of identification because you're a human. I can't let my rationality dick like just be thrown away because you want to be a cat. And I think they have to accept that like the reason politics were created was for like Republicans to have a structure and an order in this. And then liberals were supposed to like enlighten us and pull the ideas forward and let us go. But then sometimes they go too far and maybe that's a line. And then you just pull yourself back. And usually it's a pendulum that's going back and forth. And in this case, it's going so crazy to the left because like tech, if you ask me like if we were in 1994, I would be like a liberal. I'm not today. I'm like I'm a centrist because of the world, because the gaps have widened so much. And I think the extremities are probably caused to social media and people not really knowing even like the critical thinking and like understanding, like, what, what am I saying when I'm a full blown liberal? Do you actually believe it? Like some of the shit that comes out of these people's mouth? No, it's nice to be like down the middle. And I think that's the issue with some of the political realms today. Like you need to be a little bit like most people are more feeling right down the middle. Like, yeah, I'm pretty socially liberal, but you know, I'm a capitalist. I want to make some money too. Like it's 80% of people be in that, in that mix. Yeah, no, but then you have to take responsibility for your reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it comes back to awareness. Yeah, exactly. Taking that responsibility is it's a bitch, man. It's, it's, it's way too hard for people sometimes. Oh, responsibility. Oh, I can't do that. Do you understand Dude, my easy. triggers? Do you understand like, where like I'm coming? Do you know it's not easy, man? <laughs> like, 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 were you guys, um, like, I, when I was a kid, everything was handed to me. Like, I was just like, my mother was just babying me my whole life. So, like, when you're out in here on your own, 27, divorced, I'm like, yo, how do you do laundry? Like, I just didn't know how to do anything. I still like I'm learning. Like, I'm trying to learn how to cook. Like, how were you guys giving shit, or was it like, are you guys real adults? Because I'm like a half adult. Uh, no, um, for a certain portion of my life. Uh, yeah, but even then, like the person who was taking care of me at that point was kind of a hard ass. So he was very much like, you're going to learn how to build shit. And you're going to learn how to sew shit. And you're going to learn how to cook shit. And you're going to learn how to... So yeah, no, I, I got that really young. Uh, by the time I, I was like 12, I was pretty much taking care of myself entirely. <laughs> oh, so you've been an adult for a while. What yeah, about Ray's you, been adult, Like his, uh, Ray's been an adult like his entire life. Yeah. He was nine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he was like a year old um yeah i'm definitely less not as close to ray like definitely skew on on uh your side but yeah somewhere i don't know somewhere in the middle certainly like still mm-hmm. did my own shit and whatnot but 
Yeah, I think I think there's a point in in even outside of learning, you know, things for yourself, it's recognizing that like you're responsible for you at the end of the day. Like what you're going through, what you're dealing with, like no one's figuring that out for you. No one's solving yep. the shit going on in your mind for you. That's on you. And to expect everyone to cater to the things that you're dealing with, even if you've been through a lot of shit, even if you've been through traumatic experiences, to to expect everyone to just the entire world to just cater to you and how you want it to be doesn't make any sense. It's only going to perpetuate your own suffering. Like it's only going to make your reality worse for you. As uncomfortable as, as it may seem to take that responsibility for your reality, like that is the step you got to take in order to alleviate all of that suffering. You're not going to alleviate that suffering through getting the whole world to cater to you. Like that, that, it, and sometimes it's fun to take things to an extreme and for to expect the people to, you know, cater to your preferences. And again, to reiterate, you know, the, the rant I was going on before, I do cater to people's preferences. Like when they tell me they want to be called something, I call them that. I'm not a fucking asshole. I'm not just like, oh, no, no, I refuse. Like I do, like I do all that stuff, but to expect someone to, and then to, you know, have a fit if they don't, or even freak out at all. Like if someone isn't willing to call you something to then throw a fit, is on you. That's your response to it. Like, why are you so fucking fragile that you can't handle it? Work on that. Don't work on changing them. Because if you do take that to the extreme, you're expecting the entire world to cater to you. Do you know how fucking asinine that sounds? Do you know how egotistical that Sorry, sounds? It's, it's the, the extreme of ego. Yeah, and I can tell you as a person who's, I would say my set default is like egotistical. I'm like, oh, the world does. Come on, it's about me, isn't it? It's the great Scott show. It's like you just have to keep keep the present close to you to just keep reminding. It's a constant reminder because if you're conditioned yourself this way for, you know, if you're listening to 15, 20, 25 years in, like you're going to, it's going to take some work to like unresolve it. I think humility has been a big part of like my process, which is like you, nobody really cares. And like, what are you even expecting? Like what, what you're expecting people to not only do what you want, but th like th think how you want and then act on that. What do you out of your mind? Like that's never going to happen. And, and if you're expecting to get what you think the world should give you, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a rude awakening. You know, you said something there that's so incredibly true and profound that it's interesting because the whole world changes once you change like up until a certain point the whole world is you like you're just focused on yourself and the little bubble of illusion that you've created based on that narrative that you need to cling to see so to you the whole world is just all of those fictitious people who validate or disempower you based on the narrative you're holding on to for a sense of value but once you start to question that once you start to come back to reality you end up in the world where it's fucking huge and everybody's very much like you and all of a sudden all of that that self-importance all of that very centralized focus on you seems to dissipate because it just in awe 
of how fucking massive everything actually is. Like it almost seems unreasonable to make it about you. And it's just because you're not living in this tiny little bubble that you consider to be the whole world. I thought that was really interesting because it really does change our perspective. It's like we become more reasonable as we get out of and get our head out of our ass. It's just interesting. Like it starts with us. Like you have to be, I don't know if this being selfish, but like, it's just like almost a paradoxical way of thinking. Like it really does. You have to look in and be like just yourself. And then everything else will become lighter and just better and, and easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Letting go of the idea that you should be anything other than what you are like this whole path. People talk about, you know, the path to enlightenment, the path to this, the path to that. And they're, they're always striving to be, be an idea. They're making up an idea and then they're like, I got to be that. I got to be this. I got to be that. And they're, they're always doing all of these things outside of what they are. And all it comes down to is, is letting go of the idea that you should ever be anything other than what you are. Like that's, that's like the end of that train and that's always evolving. So there is no end, but that recognition and the relaxation into the idea that you don't have to be anything else that you can express yourself fully, wholly, exactly as you are, that there's nothing wrong with you whatsoever. The way you speak, the way you act, the way you talk, all that stuff. It always comes back to the idea that there is something wrong that causes us to get addicted to things, cause us to act in certain ways. It's always stemming from that. But then people will, will overlay the idea that like they'll point to someone else and be like, oh, so you're saying that they're perfect? Oh, so you're saying that, that that person's perfect. They're doing all. They're doing all those things. That per if that person were to recognize that they had always been perfect, they wouldn't have been doing that. It's not about pointing out the things that are the expression of the lack of that mentality. It's about shifting the mentality in you and watching reality change. Like we have to come back to the root. We're never fucking looking at the root. We're always looking at the extremities, looking at the extremes, looking at the branches, looking at the ends of the product of a different route in order to change that route. It's not going to change that person over there that you're like, well, they're not perfect. They're an expression of the mentality that we're working on shifting in ourselves. As that changes, we won't see as many of those fuckers anymore, but it's not going to change. They're not going to change from thinking that there's something objectively wrong all the time. And then like, oh, well, I guess, I guess I should change now. It's like, when has that ever happened? When has mm -hmm. a crazy ass person who has done all of these awful things been told like, you know, there's something wrong with you and you should change. And they're like, oh shit, there's something wrong with me. I shouldn't be acting this way. That's not how it works. Never happened. Like, come on, let's be a little bit rational, a little bit logical here and focus on the root that's actually going to change those things, which is letting go of the idea that there's ever been anything wrong with you and that you should act any way other than how you are naturally when you're not trying to be anything at all and watch the whole world change. You seem to be undermining the healing power of shame. <laughs> it's really what everybody's coming from, right? They're, they're just like, no, these are obviously bad people. It's like, why? Well, cause I think I'm a bad person. Shit. And that that's really what it is. It just comes back mm. down to that self-judgment thing. Like if I'm a bad person, there's gotta be someone worse than me. Therefore I'm better. That feels nice. Right. And this is why it's so important for us to have villains. It's also why we are so quick to vilify. Right. So we can feel like the good person by contrast. And we don't recognize that. This is something we were saying, I think, last week. Like there's so much to be said for the power of bias. 
like to understand how biased you are like of course you are of course you are everything you perceive about reality is somehow biased to make it easier for you to digest that's it when you recognize that then the real question just becomes how biased are you how biased do you want to be how willing are you to look at how comfortable you are trying to convince yourself you are <laughs> Yeah, that villain stuff is uh, it, it's really just the way it's like there is a, a, a piece of this where you have to make the choice to look at the glass half full. Like you could look at like right now, there's people that love you and there's people that don't love you. And you just have to make the choice. To, I'm going to look at the people that love me today. And that's what I like. I love getting deeper into stuff where I should just let the thought go. But like understand the difference between a hero and the villain. It's just they have the same pain. Like take Batman and the Joker. It's the same pain. But Batman says, I'm going to give the world hope. And the Joker says, I'm going to give the world chaos. Like, it's the same pain. It's just what you do. We're all fucked regardless. We're all going to suffer. Nothing really matters. Nobody gives a shit about you. So what? Let's go fucking have a good time. Like, we're three dudes right now on a planet talking about using, we're going to talk for an hour and a half about awareness, about one word, awareness. It's unbelievable and paradoxical. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it, but I love it. So, exactly. whatever. Yeah. I, I First of all, thank you for the... DC reference makes me happy on the inside. Um, otherwise, I want to say that it's funny because there is another path other than to worry about those who make you a villain or those who make you a hero. You don't have to focus on one side or the other. You can do what I do, which is recognize nobody's seeing you. They're only seeing what they want to see. Mm. You take that middle path. Ray, I need to be, yeah, Ray, I got to be in the movie. I got to be the star of the show. Come on. I haven't totally dissolved my ego yet. But that's just it because the two, the two sides that you explained are the same. Yes. They're the same coin, two sides of the same coin. Really? So as we cling to and, and it's almost like we get caught up in thinking that we have to do something in order to X, Y, or Z. Like we, we, get caught up in thinking that, okay, so there's people who like me and people who don't like me in order to feel better. I have to focus on that. And I have to avoid that. It's like, but as, as soon as you focus on that, there's still that there's, it's still there. You're still like paying attention to it because you're avoiding it. Like you're, you're acknowledging that you don't want to look at that because it makes you uncomfortable. And it, it's almost like coming back to why it makes you uncomfortable and recognizing that as Trey said, there's, there's another option there. You can drop both of them and understand that both sides is on them. It doesn't have to do with me. They're seeing me how they need to see me in order to feel the way that they feel like is the best way to feel in order to feel better. Like if they need to vilify me, they feel better because they're able to compare and, and whatever, feel better about themselves. If they're, they like me, they're able to feel better because they, you know, whatever arises within them, but dropping those and understanding that both sides are coming from them, dropping both and, and recognizing that you don't have to take either very seriously. It's like that side that you were avoiding doesn't have the power over you that it did before because you're free in yourself and, you know, beyond that, recognize that it's just you anyway. 
I wanted to add something to this quickly because Scott, what you said there was really interesting to me. It's like I'm not I'm not quite ready to let go of the main character of the story yet, and 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 that's that's just fine. I would like to posit that there are different scales to this story. Let's just say not levels, but scales. There are different uh, environments, and, and so. The environment that we're talking about, like we talk about the typical narrative of good and evil, uh, of being the character within the story and all of that stuff, right? And that in itself is a narrative. The narrative of a narrative, regardless of what that narrative might be, and any English teacher who teaches literature is going to say that there are only so many kinds of stories. Some of them are going to tell you there's only one kind of story that's done in different mm -hmm. variations, that kind of thing. So it's all the narrative of a narrative. But I would like to introduce you to the paradoxical narrative which is the one-step narrative to nowhere. Basically, it's, it's the process of surrendering the narrative. And in that is a path that the world of narratives doesn't understand. It's the narrow path that Jesus is talking about. It's that letting go of the story. But that in itself is a story. But it's a story in the same way that it's a black hole. It goes nowhere except back to itself over and over and over again in this continuously refining, narrowing of your presence here and now. And that's when you start getting closer and closer to eternity. See, everybody looks at the Jesus story as another narrative. But to Jesus, it was the experience I'm talking about right now, which is the abandonment of Jesus, the abandonment of Yeshua, the entire abandonment of a narrative or a division whatsoever and the sinking into that experience deeper and deeper and deeper. So it is in itself kind of a narrative, but it's the narrative that continuously short circuits you because it always brings you back to the here and now. Whereas the narrative of narratives takes you out of here and now, it brings you back into the world of fictional time and other people. Dude, you guys may, I'm gonna have to drop this whole thing. Cause I, I, I realized this whole thing of like, I, I need that story to get the juice going. Cause then I'm going to be like Luke in the new hope and i'm gonna do it or i'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm, gonna, I'm angry i'm angry though this month. i'm gonna be the joker and this is the juice i use when i just gotta drop this shit and I, what is that because that's the good news right right the good news was that each day um don't worry about tomorrow tomorrow will worry about itself that that's what the, the good news was that give us was this day about. our daily bread yeah right forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us like not not like don't don't forgive me like i forgive others but forgive me as I forgive others. See, like it's the same thing. Me forgiving others is me forgiving myself, right? Love your neighbor as yourself doesn't mean love them like they're you. It means love them as you love you because there's no division. So you're loving the same thing. Mm -hmm. He was saying the same thing Buddha was saying, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. A lot of people have been saying this. Long time, long time. And what we do is we take them and we package them up in this little enlightened bubble and we put them up in a statue on a shelf somewhere and we all worship and we do all that shit except listen to them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been doing that, that whole tracking of like where, um, you know, how they took part of this parts of the story of Dionysus and turned it to Jesus, the water into wine. That's the story of Cana and all that stuff. And I was like, oh shit, like they just really did some great marketing with this guy. And they said, yeah, we're going to get this woman, Mary Magdalene, out of here. We're going to push that Bible aside. Philip, you're talking too much about the eternal present moment. Get Go away. Let's give them the nice classic Bibles. And let's just, let's just feed, feed this, the, the, the part that we like. But there's so much more to, 
to religion that that I love from it of just and then tracing it back to the Greeks and then where they get the Dionysus from is from the Phoenicians who got it from the Indians. It's like, oh, we're really just all on the same page here, just different different styles. Absolutely. I want to recommend a book to you. It's a fictional book. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's called Lamb. It, it's uh, the story of Jesus through the eyes of his fictional childhood friend, Biff. I can't tell you how book how good this book is. It's Lamb? fucking amazing. Lamb. Absolutely. Right now. Right. Find it, man, because it's funny as shit. Like it goes through a whole story. But the story is really based on a theory about Jesus because Jesus disappears for like 18 years. Like he just vanishes from 12 to 30. He's gone. And, and in that time, he would have traveled. Well, where, where would he have went? Well, the trade routes all went through India. Right. They all went through the Middle East towards India. Well, what is that? That's all psychedelic country. Right. Like that's all like Buddhism and psychedelic country, yoga, that whole thing. And so there are, are legends in that path around that time of Jesus of this dude who wandered through and learned like all the healing sutras and then left around the time that Jesus would have returned. So that's really cool. So you think to yourself, like, what the fuck was he doing there? So this author kind of makes up a story of what he was doing, how he touches different religions and learns different things, including martial oh. arts, which is fucking rad. That's amazing. Oh, the gospel so according good. to Biff. That's, yeah. a, that's hilarious. Christ, yeah. Christ, child, and pal. This is what I was thinking about the last like two weeks, because, and I, I'm glad you brought the psychedelic piece. That's what this, um, this, the, I'll send you guys the book. It, um, it's called the immortality key. And it's basically, um, Brian Maruski Mar was his name and he's actually coming on my show. He was on Rogan's and I just reached out to him on LinkedIn. I was like, Hey man, love your show. Could you just come on mine, please? And now he's coming on. So it's all good. But what they did was they traced back like now with archaeochemistry, you can trace back like from the wine vases they found in, let's say Nazareth. And they, he goes to each different place. And even the, um, the pyramids in Egypt where they found, and it's the same, they don't know which psychedelic compound, but there was some sort of psychedelic compound. And um, if you, even if you see um, his name was Di Diocritus was the basically the farmer, the, the pharmacist for Alexander the Great. And he has a whole book on nightshade potions and things to get to that transcendence. So listen, it's all about mushrooms anyway, in the end. Right. Oh, humanity has always found a way to get high. Yeah. We've always found a way to get high. Like we, there's the whole stoned ape theory. There's all that, but there's also like the, the reference to manna uh, in the old Testament when it comes to like Moses leading his people out into yeah. the, into the wilderness and they find all the manna all over the ground. And then they're all touching God. It's like, I, I can't imagine what that was. Yeah. It's funny too, how, how much we've, how far we've gotten from that, like in our, in our current society, like we've actually been able to demonize the things that developed all of this uh, that allowed dude, us to do you know, okay so this is what happened last night watching the fights got the cousins over they're drinking heavy whiskey like glasses of whiskey i'm like guys i don't want that because it just doesn't end well we've seen the story so i take out like my little i call it um so the the indians called it soma the the potion of transcendence whatever it is and then uh the Eleusian mysteries when the Greeks were Plato and all those guys were taking something called Tima. And then the Kukion was, was one that the Phoenicians called. So I was like, I'm drinking like this potion. So it was wine, a little bit of psychedelics and just, I'm just enjoying it. And for them, it was like, I was doing crack next to them. I'm like, yo, you guys are sitting here five scotches in and I'm literally just one. I, it's like the only thing I could do like a normal person, like one nice glass of that crush up some psychedelics, maybe a little tincture in there, whatever. And I was chilling. I was like, it's just so funny that what I'm doing, is so ridiculous and out of control because it's from a book that's not, you know, whatever. And then you go down this rabbit hole with them and they're just like, what are you talking about? What are you on fucking? What? 
So that was just, that was my last 24 hours. So <laughs> that's awesome. I find it fucking hilarious how, <laughs> how absurd that is. Like the people can be drinking booze and just think that it's the most normal thing to do in the entire world. And you bring out some weed or a little bit of mushrooms and they're like, whoa, whoa, what is that? What is that? Let's come on. Let's be, let's be adults here. It's like, oh as my they, God. As they go drink and drive home, as today they're, they're sitting there. I'm so hungover. I went to the, I cranked away the gym three hours today. I'm doing twice podcast with the boys. It's like, yeah, who got the, who's on the wrong side of, of things here? And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're like, oh, it, it just gave, gives you like, they were doing something right back, back in the 2000, 3000 years ago. It's like a perfect mix of, of feeling up, but then feeling just like in it. And it was, it was just, I had a great time. So, yeah, natural living. Like it's definitely what it's all about. Like back in the day before there was people around all the time telling you what you could and could not do. There were just nobody around telling you what you could and could not do. If you could find psychedelics, you could do psychedelics. That was pretty much it, right? Like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk. Well, where are you going? Do you really want to know? And that was as hard as it was. That's it. But now it's there's so much about it that's terrifying. And it's interesting because we really don't understand the difference. Like our, our society doesn't educate us in any way, shape, or form about the difference between these substances. Like we had somebody uh, call in last week, the week before, I'm not sure which one it was. It must've been two weeks ago because the call-in show is coming up this week. Um, and he had just been introduced to psychedelics, mushrooms specific, specifically. And he's like, you know, a friend of mine came over, they were gonna help me microdose. And so I had this trip and the first little while went, went fine. And then afterwards it was like, all oh, these voices came in my head and I was feeling all this darkness and I'm listening to this and I'm like, this doesn't sound like a microdose, like at all. And so when he was finally finished and we're like, this is normal, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, how much did you, did you eat? And he's like, oh, like a gram and a half. I'm like, that's not a microdose. But his reasoning was exactly what your reasoning would be for alcohol. Well, I'm a big guy. So I figured half a gram wasn't a big enough dose. That's what his buddy told him was eat a half gram. And he's like, well, I'm a big guy. I've got a big body. You know, I'm, I'm going to take more like alcohol. It's like, that's not how this works. Yeah. This shit goes to your brain. Very different effect. <laughs> Nothing to do with the weight, bro. At all. But we're not educated that way. We're not. No, somebody told him. Yeah, you should be educated on, on how to use this. And I can tell you from we have the most addictive personality ever. Like mushrooms are the one thing I find so sacred because it's just I just I can't explain it. But I've got like during COVID, I got addicted to like the vaporizer inhaler. Like I was sitting there sniffing. my Like if I can't get addicted to mushrooms, there's something going on with them. And it's just treating it how it should be treated to a, not however you want to say sacrament or sacred and just like just treating it with respect. And it just gives it back when you do it. Cause like I'm talking about a little sprinkle last night. I was anything a little crazy. Yeah. If you're doing a gram and a half, you're doing mushrooms. So I think microdosing is what Andrew, like 0 0.1, 0 0.2 is technically what you should be doing. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm feeling, I take 0.15 and I'm like, in it yeah. like i'm back in it like that's where i'm at <laughs> these days i take half a gram i'm like deep in it yeah but yeah so uh yeah we got retreat coming up so there will be some of that but uh it, it's interesting because with the addictive substances it's always an avoidance we've talked about addiction um quite a bit and my perspective on addiction is like i i feel like i understand where it comes from a lot more and we were talking about this in regards to masturbation um last week that 
everyone is always focused on the addiction, similar to what I was saying before about everyone focusing on the fucking branches and not the roots. Like everyone focuses on the, the addictions, that substances are the things that we use to avoid reality, to avoid where we're at, you know, the other 90% of our life. And so it's not so much about the, the addictions and the substances being the root issue. It's what are you avoiding? What are you trying to escape? And the thing with mushrooms is it it's not an escape. It's not an escape from reality. It's a deepening into reality. And that's the difference between that and pretty much any other substance that you may take is it, it doesn't allow you to avoid reality. It's like, instead of, you know, alcohol, like closes your eyes to it, mushrooms, like peel it back. And it's like, you're not looking at this shit. You're not looking at this. Look at it. Look at it. Deal Here's with it issue. right now. Here's your issue, motherfucker. And, exactly so it's not it's like so different but everyone has this stigma that it's like drugs oh bad oh addiction careful you know addiction runs in our family it's like suffering and avoidance runs in our family we just used alcohol as a way a means of doing so and and so to think that you know all drugs are the same and and even yeah, it's fucking fascinating how many people i talk to who are just like Hey man, be careful, especially back uh, a year and a half ago when I was taking, I was taking a lot of mushrooms. I was, there was a couple months there where it was like every weekend I was like tripping and I would get people saying like, you know, Hey, careful, careful, man. That's a lot. And it's like, granted, yeah, I was doing a lot, but it's, not, it's, you don't even understand what they are. You don't even understand what they do. You've never even tasted a little bit. You've never even done a little tiny baby dose. And you're trying over here telling me to be careful. Like, and you're over here suffering and avoiding this all at all times, thinking that, you know, I'm doing something bad. Like, I was, it's, uh, it's just fascinating. I, I think, I don't know if I told, if I told you guys this story, but I was dating this girl who had a residency at NYU and her family was like doctors in NYU, whatever. And we went out and I met her mother and her, her sister were both like researchers in NYU, whatever. And she was like, you know, you're a little liberal for, for us. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, just, you know, a little out there. She's like, if anything comes up with drugs or anything, whatever. And of course, what is her sister doing? Her sister's an NYU research fellow of the psilocybin project. And she was like, I'm a psilocybin scientist. And I'm like, I'm actually a psilocybin scientist myself. So it's, and it's nice to see that. I think it, it, it's a certain person in a certain world that like at least, at least gets it. But I, I don't have a doubt that if the way the line is moved for, let's say, you know, where gay people are 10, 10 years ago to how it's accepted now. Mushrooms will be accepted in a different way now. If it's not through the education system or something, like you can't deny the what it's done for depression and anxiety. Not even for myself, just for like just people who'd use it, you know, uh, clinically, I guess. And even now, you see they're selling it. I see it come up on um, Instagram that you know the the the, the, uh, the sponsors for it. So I'm sure it will come soon. But because it's like nothing bad has ever happened. Um. To me, at least, like I, I, I mean, knock on wood. People have talked about. Um, I did I tell you guys the, so the last time we got into a fight, I'll give the, the story. We have I could I could tell right. No, no. Oh yeah, um, no. Go yeah. ahead. So the last fight me and my ex-wife had was the craziest fight I've ever had in my life. So my uncle left us a house for the boys. So eight guys uh, on this little house in the Poconos. It's like our go-to retreat for for the boys. And um, my cousins are talking about growing real mushrooms like not psychedelic mushrooms we grow that in like they grow it in um in in a in a, a black house or something it's, it's done in one of their closets so my wife at the time is listening in 
hears this, that my older cousins who are growing like shiitake, beautiful mushrooms, goes and tells my whole family and her whole family that we're growing mushrooms. And I was so perplexed by this whole situation because I was like, and, and this is like, Andrew, old school people, like very old school. So I got a call from my mother, like, Scott, are you just growing and distributing mushrooms and like becoming like drug dealers? I was like, yeah, what are you guys talking about? And there's eight cousins and nobody was believing the old cousins because we're like, we do what we want. And then the two younger cousins were 18 and 20. They're like, yo, you idiots. They're talking about real mushrooms, like actual mushrooms. Like, cause my cousin Paul's like a fungi expert. Like he studies mushroom. And it was just crazy to me. That was the last fight I got into my divorce. So I was like, this is just not reality because it's such a crazy thing. And here's the interesting part. I prom I made a promise to my, to my ex-wife at that, at that point, like I would never do mushrooms. So of course, two months after that, we got divorced and then we'd fucking go, go, go at it. And it was like the best, the first time I ever did it, I, I was so terrified of doing it. Cause I'm like, this is going to be the worst thing. And the second I did it, we did three and a half grams and they were literally like, yo, Scott, we got you. That's literally what the mushrooms were telling me. Like, yo, I saw some shit and there's no point to the story, but hey, what are you going to do? That's fucking awesome, dude. Like that's how it goes. And it's so funny how. Uh, that's how, how I got divorced. That's a great divorce story, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, it's couldn't be more perfect if uh, if I wrote it myself. But but it's but fucking Andrew, stigma, remember. Dude. Bro, remember that I'm married with her parents downstairs, so her father has to come up and sit down next to me. I'm like, listen, I know you guys, you shouldn't be doing. And I'm like, what? I'm not even doing them yet. I'm, I, I listen to the, because like this is my issue. Like I understand, I'm not good with relationships with women, but I think it's good to look at a relationship like it's not tit for tat. It's like what what do you need from a relationship? What can I give to you that you need, and vice versa. And if we make a compromise. Let me smoke. This was the compromise. Let me smoke pot. Let the fucking be let to do something right. Get the fuck out of here. I will let, do the pot and then you, I won't do the mushrooms. That's the agreement. So why are you busting my balls anyway? It's just like, I, I just, that was the issue I was having. I don't know how we got there, but um, all right, I'm done now. Hey, I understand. I'm not going to get into the details, <laughs> but but I understand. From a past life, I understand. And by a past life, I mean this life, just past incarnation. Um, I wanted to get into something quickly because we were talking about psilocybin and psychedelics as a whole. And recently we recorded a community topics episode on frequency and vibration and the third eye. It's a good episode. If you get a chance to check it out, Scott, I highly recommend it. But, um, so it's interesting because on psilocybin, for example, our, our lower brainwave functions actually diminish, right? So like our alpha and beta states diminish mm -hmm. and yet our gamma states the roof like we're, we're in a high level of awareness but what's interesting and this is what we were talking about last time is that the schumann resonance which is you know somewhere between like seven hertz and 34 hertz typically all the time just happens to also be where humanity tends to stick between mm -hmm. and they did a research study at laurentian university in 2016 over three and a half years watching certain people's brain waves and the effect of the Schumann resonance, or rather the measurements of the Schumann resonance, and they, saw, and they realized that they correlate. So as our prison planet starts to create more and more stress, and out of necessity, we find ourselves deviating away from the creation of the ego and back towards psilocybin, back towards psychedelics and the, and the natural world, just out of necessity to deal with this fucking shit that is the result of our current mentality. Well, all of a sudden we're tapping into gamma 
way more. Mm -hmm. Is that affecting the Schumann resonance? Is that actually going to cause some flux as we as we start to, uh, I guess, elevate our mentality? Because it's super odd that humanity just happens to be in a collective mentality that is the exact match of the planet's vibration. Mm. Makes me wonder too, you know, since they've been demonized and since we aren't, haven't for a while been experiencing that, if the collective hasn't, you know, trended down, we think we're making all of this progress. And if you, you know, peel back the curtain of technological progress and all this fucking shit, people say that we're at, you know, peak society and that whole narrative, like if we could measure, if we've been measuring the frequency that we've been vibrating at for this entire time, if that hasn't been trending steadily downwards and, and a big part of that being, you know, avoiding and, and demonizing substances that have been a part of our reality forever, like psychedelics, all of those things have been a massive part of society of tribal society for a very, very long time. It allowed them to stay in balance with nature in balance with things. And so since we've been avoiding it, we have gotten completely out of whack and makes me wonder as much as things are, you know, trending possibly in, I mean, things are going in two different directions right now, like towards both towards the recognition of unity and faster away from it every single day. But if, if over the years that we have avoided and, and demonized these substances, if the, it it hasn't dropped off as well, and just our perspective of ourselves, and and we've gotten so caught in a society that that has that thinks that it's best for people to avoid those things, like that's the main narrative. And and Scott, before you were saying like with psilocybin, there's nothing bad, nothing bad has ever really happened to people with it. It's not to say there's not outliers of situations. I know people always bring that type of stuff up, but what it is bad for is the current system that relies upon control and avoids uncertainty at all costs. So as much as it's not bad for you in basically any capacity, and it's pretty much always good for you um, to experience that from time to time, the system that relies upon control and, and certainty and, and power and all of these things, psilocybin is like the antithesis of our current society. So it makes sense as to why it has been banned. Like it makes perfect sense as to why it was made illegal because it it is the antithesis of everything we our system relies upon for that state of control. Because psilocybin cuts that cuts that out. It allow it doesn't allow you to keep avoiding certain recognitions that would be very fucking obvious if you just took a second and looked around and got out of your head for a moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you, if you think about what the system is built on, it's really built on po power and money and kind of us being unconscious. And if you think about what a normal person I'm trying to think of like what a normal person probably does is like probably wake up, get on their phone, start doing the dumb shit like you're constantly being dragged away from awareness from like this one thing we're talking about you're just constantly like attention is the, is the biggest commodity in today today's age right so it's everybody's trying to grab you whether it's ads or this or that and like the second you take it it's just like wait wait, wait, wait a second. it's almost like you're just dropping yourself out of the matrix and i think just we've been the last 67 years it's been such a, a hard science speed up of technology social media everything that's just you know whatever the soft sciences need to catch up now. The same thing we're talking about liberal and, and you know, Republican, the, the soft sciences, I think you're going to need that to understand where consciousness needs to go to be able to deal with the technological age that we're in, even like understanding the way 
the electronics affect our consciousness, like how we treat each other, like as people, like a per- the way people talk online is insane. Like it's just, it's just crazy. And I see some of the shit Andrew deals with. I'll just laugh. Like I spend like once a week, I'll just go to like Andrew's crazy people in the comments. And I'm just like, how do you guys even deal with this stuff? Like it, it's, it's just, nobody would talk to you that way. And it's like, if, if somebody met you, it would just be like a better, nicer conversation. I just think we, we lost these, just the quality of, of connection with, with the, with human beings in general. Oh, Scott, I, I envy you, your experience of humanity. Unfortunately for me, I ran into those fuckers in person. <laughs> so Did I'm you? just absolutely, Did you? oh my God. I like, You gotta remember, man, like I, I've lived all over, but you, you run into all different types of people and it depends how you catch them, right? Like I used to go out of my way to interact with religious people and like fundamental religious people. Oh, um, oh man, it was great, good times. But you don't even have to do that. Just talk to you know your average uh mining worker for example who's done nothing but drink and wait for retirement his whole life and just convinced himself this the best thing he can do is he watches tv after work every day until he dies like that mentality is so so invested in not hearing you or anything that you have to say and it's it's all it is and so over time you start to realize like oh wow you know it's out there like people are like this it's just that online they feel like they can communicate a little clearer because admittedly talking to any of those people the religious zealot or you know the alcoholic person who doesn't want to grow whatsoever both of those people will communicate but they're not so clear about it like they're passive aggressive they kind of say shit under their breath or, or they disregard you whatsoever so you got to kind of read between the lines whereas online they feel safe enough to reveal the turd that they really are and so you mm-hmm. get to see it right in your face and talk to it as such and so you know on that level i kind of appreciate it because there is kind of an element of well, I can take my sweet time with this. I can find the humor in it first before I respond. Whereas when they're in your face, then you really have to dance. And that, that's where you're like, okay, I got to deal with this now. I have to deal with this as lightly as possible because I want to, I want to do something with it. Not for them, for me. And I know those moments where you let someone rile you up and you're like, oh, I got to defend my, and you get all, all in their face about it and you walk away. You're like, fuck, I lost my balance again. So it's just not worth it. But yeah, being online, it's kind of fun once you start to play with it. I think I, I may be a little sensitive. I got to get as we grow, as all of us grow together, I'll just have to deal with it. Because the second I get like a negative comment or somebody email, I'm like, oh, I, I got I to gotta grow that, that shit. I, I'm sure Andrew's probably the most used to it, right? How do you deal with an Andrew? Um, yeah, no, gotten, gotten better. I think Ray is definitely the most used to it. Um, I, I certainly, <laughs> you know, sometimes my my posts, just given followers and whatnot, reach more extreme ends of of things and you know people are more willing to and they see me and they make all of these assumptions and you're like oh fucking frat bro read one fucking power of now book and now he thinks he can talk to you it's like you haven't even listened to any of the things that i'm saying they don't want to because we now at this point like we have so much availability to talk to us like if people actually want to talk i i very early on and so like going back to dealing with these people like very early on i'm starting to just be like hey you know we're available we have a free zoom call on wednesday we have a call-in show every two weeks on tuesday we live stream all the time if you want to really get into things we have patreon groups all the time like you can keep doing this but there are ways to communicate with us and if this is that important to you to get this message across and and convince me of this thing like here you go Here's all, here's all the things they never fucking do it ever. Cause they're not trying to do anything besides sue themselves, trying to 
you know, allow for them to continue on without questioning the way they think things should be and believing that their opinion is the truth. And so the more clearly you start to see that, that they're not actually trying to get anywhere with it. They're just trying to feel better because their life fucking sucks most of the time. It's like you don't feel you don't take it as personally. It's like, ah, uh, this person, ah, they must be. Yeah, they must be going through some shit. Yeah. Uh, uh. And then you, you respond. And I you know, sometimes I have very calm well thought out responses, pointing out certain things. Sometimes I'm I'm nice in response, and you know, recently I've sometimes I've just been like a fucking ass back because they're being an ass towards me. And and Ray has many strategies for for dealing with people because he's he'll go back and forth for way longer than I'm I'm at a point <laughs> right now where I'm like I uh, I'll go back and forth a bit, but. Um, I'm not always willing to ride it out to the extent, but I'll end it with being like, Hey, you can talk. I'm happy to talk. I love talking about this stuff. You want to join us here? And either that's the point. They either block me, they stop responding, or they just completely ignore that message and just keep going on with their thing to which I'll, I'll bring them back and be like, reminder, blah, 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 and, and do all of that. But yeah, sometimes you got to, meet people with the the force that they're given and you know if they get triggered because of that it's like hey man this is this is my account this is my video this is my comment section you didn't have to hop in here but this is you know this is my page like i'm gonna go back and forth and people people think they have it's like the audacity to think like oh i can hop in here and they should cater to everything that i think it's just fucking absurd like people are so fucking caught up in themselves it's it's crazy mm -hmm. to see but also funny when you when you see it i like it i find it entertaining and it's only because there's a certain mentality where you go looking for shit like at the end of the day you have an axe to grind and you want to tell everybody about it like you, it's not just enough that you have an opinion it's that everybody must fucking know your opinion and so you have to express it you have to in in like the most extreme way possible because you know you need that attention right and so i'm just like what's that you're hungry here you go little guy and i just keep feeding them until finally they realize <laughs> like holy fucking shit this isn't what i was wanting at all it's like wasn't it though wasn't that exactly what you fucking wanted? Was this attention? It's just that you don't like how far it's gone, do you? And so often I'll wrap up with, I hope this was a lovely lesson for you on where to fucking pick shit. Because it's sometimes somebody's going to respond. Sometimes somebody's going to call you on it. You know, and if you're not, if you're not aware of that, I just helped you remind, I helped remind you. You're welcome. I, I love Sunday Ray more than any any Ray. I feel like what you're doing with those people is like they just want the taste of like the cookie and then you're shoving it down. Oh, really? Asshole. You want that cookie? And then by the time you're done with them, you're just that has that. Have you changed? I feel like that is a really good method. Have you like changed the person's view for, for, with this method? Because I feel like that's oh, it's hard. Oh, yeah. No, there are actually people in our discord community and probably on Patreon who at one point were in a fervent confrontation with me on on one of our videos for sure there are people there who were like who were arguing with me at one point or another and then towards the end because this is the thing is like i'm always giving people the the opportunity to recognize like i'm being a dick aren't i you are would you like to chat you know and and so i'm always trying to give people that opportunity but it really does ba it's just like martial arts you treat different types of force with different strategies right mm -hmm. and so to me, if they want to keep talking and, and inevitably come to that point where they, they achieve 
reasonable status. I'm happy to chat it out. And they'll actually find at the end of it, like, oh, like, why weren't we doing this earlier? It's because of the way you approached me. You know, like the, the guy I was dealing with uh, yesterday and early this morning, he started off straight up saying, um, this is spiritual nonsense, the equivalent, the equivalent of having people just believe in what they have faith in alone and all this stuff, because I was saying something about the nature of time that dinosaur bones don't necessarily prove that reality existed before you, which is really a, a conversation about quantum physics and the nature of time and the nature of your awareness and a whole bunch of other things. There's a lot of depth to it. Well, this person, they just started off assaulting me like this is dangerous to people on a, on a mental level and i'm really disappointed in the show obviously the video quality has gone down over time i'm embarrassed that i ever recommended this to people and my what made me laugh the hardest was the video quality of this show has gone down over time i've been listening for a long time the clip they were responding to was from episode one it was from episode one. It's like gone down. This is the first episode. This is literally the foundational conversation that everything else is based on. And they're like, oh, I've been listening to the show. It's like, you obviously have not. You obviously have not been listening to the show. And then they went on about again, like, well, you're not being a very good teacher. And oh, sure. Tell me to listen better. That's, that's how you're going to get your message across. I'm like, why is it on me? Why is it on me to pound this into your head? Why do I have to think for you? Yeah, that, this guy got a lot of problems, huh? He's well, dealing with some shit, huh? But then he has the audacity to get back to me and go, wow, why? Telling me I have to take responsibility. You sound really angry. Why so angry? I'm so disappointed, so sad. And it's like, who the fuck think, is this guy? Disappointed right? my mother? <laughs> well, the worst part is, it's like telling you to be responsible, telling you to do your due diligence, telling you to go back and watch the podcast episode is not angry. That's called being an adult. That's all that is, right? But to somebody who doesn't want to be, I am immediately vilified because otherwise they would have to change. Right? And so when I see all of that happening, I find it entertaining as fuck. Like I really do because I know it's not about me. It's not about me. This is about them. And again, since this is about them, let's make it about them as long as they'd like to. Right. I'm just going to toss, keep tossing out shit that I know is going to rub them the wrong way because it has nothing to do with their poor feelings, because it is based in reality. This is something I practice all the time in terms of uh, email responses and whatnot. We had an email from somebody last week basically saying that, you know, they had a, a deep psychedelic trip and immediately started wearing that I was a, a snake oil salesman, that I was demanding that people pay dualistic unity before we share any of our insights whatsoever. I'm just as bad as everyone else. And so I wrote back this very clinical, well thought out email about, you know, we do this for free and 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 all this stuff for free. And oh, by the way, there's this, this, and this, and this. We didn't actually make any profit on this, this, and this, and this. We're always doing this, 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 this. But there was none of like, how dare you? I wasn't emotional about it. I didn't give a fuck, right? I just figured, okay, if you want to know, here's the actual reasonable, logical response to everything that you're fictionalizing in your head. That person wrote back, they're like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, I didn't ask for any of that. It, it just came to me. Total ir irresponsibility, and they justified their way out of it. Push it away. That was No it. responsibility. And that was always the case. It was always the case from the beginning of that email. And so if you rise to that shit, you're just going to get lost in validating their illusion. Just laugh at it. Enjoy it. Stick to reality. It fucking, it drives them nuts.
it's interesting when people have make the assumption too about what our goal is like people will comment to me and they'll be like or if i'm going back and forth and kind of being an ass or, or saying you know cursing in the comments or whatever or pointing out or kind of like poking fun at them they'll be like your your goal here is to help people and you think this is the best way to do it like who the fuck said that was my goal it's not it's it's all i do is work on myself let go of things myself and here and there i'll put a camera in front of myself and express something that has helped me feel a little bit more free is it trying to help anyone no is it probably going to help someone because we're all going through similar types of shit Sure, but that's not my goal to posting it. It's not to, you know, become rich and famous. It's to just express something that has helped me personally. And so if you have an issue with the way that I word something or the way that I express something or or think, you know, oh, I'm seeing, I, I've gotten some comments recently that's like, there's a lot of assumptions being made recently on this page that, you know, you know exactly what? what's right, you know, because I, I come at it with, I come at things with more conviction now. It's not to say that I'm saying like, listen to me. This is the only way. This is the right way. This is the best way. It's like, I'm coming at it from my experience. Like this fucking works because it worked for me. And so I will say, it's not like this, you know, and hey, so here's something that, you know, it, it might help, but careful because it also might trigger some of you and, and, oh, trigger warning. You know, I say these three things in this video and it's like, what, you want me to have a fucking minute long intro to every video that I express saying all the nuance about it and saying like, oh, this might may or may not be this. It's like, no, I'm going to fucking say something and help me. If it helps you. Awesome. If it doesn't help you. Awesome. I don't really give a fuck because it's not about you, but they think that it is. And so they, they, and then it's like, oh, if you, if you say things like this, then you know, this will reach more people or this will be more helpful if you do this. It's like, okay, why don't you fucking do it? I see, I see your page right now. I can go to your page. It's on private and you have five posts. So maybe you should just make a video. If it's so perfect and you know exactly how to help everyone, why don't you fucking turn your camera around and do it? Like, why are you trying to change everyone else? Because you're insecure in yourself. You're not willing to take responsibility. Everyone else has to change but you, and then everything would be perfect because everyone's catering to you. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, look in the fucking mirror one time. I don't want to. I don't want to. So no, I'm, I'm I just really, gonna... And I can't also. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I find it really funny because this is how, how ludicrous this is at the end of the day, because it's not like we're out here saying, you know, tomatoes will cure Alzheimer's. Like, we're not, we're not in any way making a claim like this will do this at all. What we are saying is that there is a foundational understanding to reality that you are not ever what you think, that the description is not the described, that uncertainty is the basis of pretty much everything that you're ever going to experience ever. And this is something that is inarguable. See, it's the basis of reality. So it really comes down to like recognizing that the North Star, or rather that North exists, that there is an, a magnetic North. And you're walking around telling people who are lost and confused and can't figure out where the fuck to go that, look, there's a reference point. You can judge based on that where you're going and it's going to help you. And meanwhile, they're being like, oh, there you go. Tell, thinking you got all the answers again. There you are telling me what is. It's like there's a, it's right, but it's there. And, and, and they're just they're just looking at you because they're looking at themselves in terms of I'm confused. You you aren't. 
therefore you must be posturing, right? It can't be that you're actually experiencing you're up clarity. To something, right? Because you guys are up to something on this, right? There's, there's always a fucking angle. And I, I'm built with this of having to look at checking the fucking angle of everybody. It's tiring. It's terrible. I'm sick of thinking this way. Okay. Not everybody's up to something. Okay. Get over it. Get over it. Okay. And maybe secretly you're the one up to something. They're the ones. Exactly. I, I, I'm curious, Ray, your thoughts, because I've been going back and forth with someone who uh, it was on, uh, I think it was the, what if you were God video. And they're like, these are just your beliefs, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, there's actually some recognitions here not a belief, belief and recognition aren't the same thing. If you let go of all of the things you believe to be the truth, blah, 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 the extent of what I believe is that I am here now, the fact that I'm here now. And they had the audacity to be like, well, how do you know that you're just here now? That sounds like you're pretty certain of that. How do you respond to people? Because I'm like, what else have you experienced? Like, how much more can I say? Like, you are here now. That is a fact. Have you ever experienced anything else? They're like, it's not the point. You're it's like, what? Like, I don't even know where to go when someone's like, how do you know that you're here now? So because I am. You remember my video Discover Transcendence, right? Yes. Remember the, the powerful force I talk about about halfway through that video? Cognitive, cognitive dissonance. Dissonance. Yes. That's the one. Um, so cognitive dissonance is such a force that you cannot discount it. Like you need to understand this is going to remove a lot of your frustration when it comes to people. There are people who are invested in not hearing you. Okay. Straight up. Like for them to hear you, to even take in anything you're saying would require them to question and undermine everything that they rely on for a sense of security. That's the problem. Okay. And there are people who are unfortunately terrified and fragile and they have a very rigid structure of what is, and even questioning it threatens it. And so you're mm. going to end up back in these corners where they're like, well, what you're, so all beliefs are fiction. I got this one yesterday. Well, isn't that a belief? It's like, no, actually it's what the fucking word means. If it was a fact, you wouldn't have to believe it, right? But I don't want to go there. I just want to focus on the fact that you're contradicting yourself because I'm not willing to see what you're saying. And you're going to get that a lot. And there's nothing you can do about it. So you can have fun with it. You can play with it. And I do, admittedly, because you can watch. It's so fun to watch. Once you're like, oh, oh, you're invested in not seeing this. How many times can I make this so fucking obvious and watch you dodge it? And that's amazing. The mental gymnastics, like that could be an Olympic sport in itself. Just watching people avoidant and, and trying to beat around the bush. It's great. But I encourage you, you know, at that point, just start just fucking with them just asking you know it's like well how do you know you're here now it's like well aren't you who's writing this message where did you come from you know like just fuck with them don't take them seriously don't take them seriously because they're not taking it seriously that's the point if they were they would actually be engaging with what you're saying rather than just uh uh like that's pretty much it and i say that with a certain degree of, der of derision admittedly because you know i'm allowed but that's what just you're, you're doing exactly what you were saying before the martial arts. You're just giving kind of what you're receiving in a way. Exactly. That's exactly it. You know, and, and so it's like somebody who's coming up to engage with you, but they're not really in it. You know, they're just kind of doing this. You don't even have to move. 
you know, you're just like, whatever, you do your thing. You know, this is why I always love my Sifu. He's, he's like, if you ever run across one of those guys who's in martial arts and they start doing this thing where they're posturing, just punch them. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it, cognitive dissonance is a fascinating thing. Like I, I'm starting to see it more and more. Like I was uh, talking to someone recently about, uh, about colonization and like, conquering and it's fascinating how people just don't even want to look at the fact that there were people in north america before europeans like it's crazy to see and like to feel it too to feel the shift in it's almost like they turn off for a second like they totally go away it's like because because they were uh they were talking about something about how um you know, all the bravery in coming to the U S and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you do realize there were, there were people here and we killed all those people in order to do all this. And they're like, they said something like, yeah, but, but conquering is what humans have always done. Like it's human nature. And oh, I was like, God. and I almost like exploded. I, you know, took a, took a deep breath and I was like, conquering is not human nature. It is egotistical nature if you think that it's human nature that is the root of one of the issues. biggest fucking issues that we deal with like that it, it blew my mind how it was they it was like a turn off when there was the discussion of people being in america before europeans and then when i brought up how it's not egotistical nature or it's not human nature they were just like yeah whatever yeah all right, keep keep spewing your spewing your nonsense. It's like, oh my god, it was wild. Well, it's easy to do that when you're the conqueror. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you tell the story. Dude, I couldn't. It's so weird. You said I was I was reading a couple of books on on the um like the actual history of like how we got through and like the Indians had all the beautiful spots. They had Florida, New York, Texas, all, the, and then they had the Caribbean islands, and we just went in there and just said, yo. Not only kill, killing slavery, killing is one thing. The stories in it, I forgot which book it was. It was like the men were raping the women. They were um, putting the children on like the, the poles. It was like not and then mixed the famine. The famine really would kill most. But like it's just unbelievable that like that's not even taught a little bit in school. Like just just a little bit. Like we totally destroyed everything that was here. And that little key of what that person was saying is terrifying of like, that's the issue. That's like the issue with the Western conception of power. And this is the, this is what it is. And this is what it's about. It's like, it's just, you got to chill, man. No, Scott, you're, you're just making me feel guilty for being white. Right. And that's really all that's, that's it. Cognitive dissonance. Yep. I can't, I can't take that. I'm fucking fragile. I'm sorry. I identify with people with my skin color. Therefore, this is somehow reflective of me. And so, I mean, this is, we were talking about this earlier and I want to make a point on this quickly. Racism, bigotry, misogyny, all of it, all of it. They're all fucking symptoms. They're not the disease, right? They're not the disease. They are symptoms of identity as truth. That's it. Everything that we've ever done to anyone, and I don't mean white people, I mean egotistical pricks, because the world has been fucking conquered and colonized so many times, and not every one of those people is white by any means. Okay, So it's always on egotism. 
it always is that identity mentality that says, well, these people aren't like me, therefore, fuck them and their suffering. It's all about me. And that's very much it. That taken to the extreme end over and over and over again. And so until we see that, we don't recognize the problem. Until we recognize that white people in the current culture in North America are just the latest incarnation of that, we're never addressing the problem, right? We're always just trying to make someone the villain instead of recognizing, no, this is a mentality that will continue to surface until we take collective responsibility and stop identifying. Like It's terrifying to recognize that we're spending so much time trying to say who hurt us that we don't recognize we're all fucking hurting. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's it's just wild, but it's and it's funny because people will get caught up in everything that you just said and be like, "Well, how do you know that's the root?" I get that all the time with like religious discussions, like you know, pointing out like identity is the root of your suffering, and religion reinforces identity. This reinforces identity. This reinforces identity, and so to think that that's gonna long term help you humanity society alleviate that suffering is a farce it's full of shit and then people will be like well how do you know how do you know identity is the root of suffering it's like what else do you suffer about what else psychologically do you suffer about including right now exactly (laughs) exactly but it's fascinating and that's i guess cognitive dissonance again i think that'll that'll definitely help me with uh upcoming interactions i think a lot is the recognition that people don't want to get to a point of understanding, like they're actually invested in not understanding. And so they're, they're going to do things to not understand and just question, not in order to get somewhere, but to avoid something to pick the scab, just going to keep picking the scab. I just, I don't want to, you know, just keep pushing this side and I'll just keep, I I will, you know, be more honed in and, and dug in on my feelings because what you guys are saying doesn't make rational sense and make logic sense. So whatever. Cause I'm uncomfortable. That is how I measure objective truth is better <laughs> or not is whether or not I am uncomfortable. That's pretty much it. Uh, we are wrapping up here in about five minutes. So I do want to say just a few things quickly. One Scott, Fucking A. Glad that you could join us today, man. This has been a blast. I really enjoyed this conversation. We're going to have to do this again for sure. Um, I do want to give a shout out to all of the people who have recently joined us on Patreon. Holy shit. Thank you so much for your help, for all of the opportunities that you're giving us to chat with you in person. Can't say thank you enough. I also want to mention very quickly that our Netherlands retreat tickets are selling rather fast. Um, anybody who wants to get to the Netherlands retreat, do go to the website, dualisticunity.com. Do go into the store section. Actually, it's under events as well. It'll be the retreat in the Netherlands. Um, we have two. Uh, okay, so there are two different types of bedrooms at our Netherlands retreat. Uh, the There are semi-private rooms where you will be rooming up with somebody else. And then there are two rooms on the third floor that are shared you would be with five other people all of which get their own bed obviously we're not asking you to bunk up with anybody but um in those two third floor rooms because you have a little group there andrew and i are actually going to go up and hang out with those two groups at two different points during the week so you'll actually kind of get like a private chat with andrew and i as a result of you being in one of those third floor shared rooms and because you're sharing the rooms 
the prices are incredibly reasonable for those tickets. So do keep that in mind. If you're on Patreon, remember the prices actually drop considerably because you get a discount on all of our retreats as a Patreon supporter. So do consider that if you're going to get a ticket. But I know a lot of our, a lot of the people in our community, and admittedly, of course, this makes sense. Their rationale is, I live in the present. I don't think that far into the future. That's great. And I understand that mentality and that's super important. But as always in each and every now, you have to establish priorities. And if you don't prioritize this event in the Netherlands, there will be others. I'm not gonna say there aren't going to be others, but this one's not gonna last long. I can almost promise you these tickets are gonna wrap up fairly fast. So if you wanna come, if it's a priority, I wouldn't wait, I would get the ticket now and then just make it work as you get closer to that moment, right? But that, that's my advice, if it means anything to you. Like the April retreat, a lot of people have reached out. They're like, oh, I, I wanted to go, but you know, I, I can't now because all the tickets are gone. So, so do keep in mind that um, as much as we want to meet you, it is important to do a little bit of pre-planning here and there. So if you can, if you can make it, we would love to see you. Yeah, going to be fucking awesome. Scott, you coming to the Netherlands or what, man? Are we up for sale here? I'm ready to go. Hell yeah. Dude, guys, of, uh, I gotta I gotta not be one of these people and wait for the last second. So just send me the link and I will also be there if it counts for anything. I all I could guarantee is I am a, a great time. I can't say it will be the best one, but it'll definitely be the craziest one, I would say. It depends. What do we got? We got some trucks. Yes, we're gonna be in the Netherlands. The Netherlands so we, have, uh, we got weed and we got psychedelic truffles, which I'm very excited about because I've never tried psychedelic truffles. These are actually psychedelic mushrooms that never actually come above the ground. They grow beneath the ground. So I've never had that. I'm very excited to try that out. And I'm excited that you're gonna be there. There's also a wood heated hot tub at this fantastic lodge. So I will send you the link and the details after this. Yeah, I missed that. You guys ran through my whole battery. I had a panic. I, was, I didn't realize it was at 1%. I just had to run and take out the camera for the thing. But yeah, I'll be there. It's November, right? We got time. November can... 11th. Absolutely. We do appreciate it. Scott, uh, just so everybody knows where to find you, you're the host of the Causing the Effect podcast. Do you want to let them know where they can find you on Instagram as well? Yeah, just type in Causing the Effect podcast. You guys will find me. Uh, I am not a good salesman, but... Um, Similar to what these guys are talking about, probably, maybe. Just check it out and see if you like it. If not, I'll see you. All right. Well, you so, really know how to pander to the right crowd because this right? is exactly the kind of crowd that doesn't want a salesman, Scott. So that's awesome. We really, <laughs> I, I really just here. can't be like, you got to check out Pug and this and that. Go fuck yourselves. Like, if you want to hang out and have a good time, try to try to talk some real talk. But um, I really just appreciate you guys inviting me and being a part of this. And I would love to do it more and like. Um, you guys are really sassy on Sundays. I will I will say that. Like you guys are really fucking getting into it. Shit. We come on my podcast a Friday night. It's nice, relaxing. I'm a little fucked up. You guys are coming out wire in here. I gotta, I gotta get a little, I gotta, I I, I need to maybe next week I'll have I'll have an axe to grind at some point. So I'll <laughs> I'll grind my axe next time. Sunday, uh Sunday sermons, man. That's what it's all about. I just like this. expression. But we also we're coming off two days off, so it's like we're just all bottled up a lot of shit ready to fucking explode with everything we've gone through in fucking two days we used to, it used to be a week in between talking way back that felt like it a 
eternity. But Scott, I love you, man. It's always fucking blast. Love you guys. Seriously, yeah, you thank you, thank you for everything, add, man. Just add uh, to the energy here. So uh, I appreciate it. We'll definitely have you back on at some point. I'm sure everyone's gonna love this episode as well. Yeah. Do we see comments? Have people been commenting during the time or anything? Oh yeah, we've been getting all kinds of comments here. Uh, and uh, from where can our, where, where can I see this? Uh, you could see that on Twitch. If you'd like to go over to our uh, Twitch stream, you'll see the comments there as well as on uh, YouTube Live. So you can okay. see the comments so there. And if YouTube. you miss them, all the comments also get imported into our Discord as this happens. So it's kind of nice because we always have documentation. You can actually scroll back to one of our uh, our troll episodes where this person was just saying some randy, randy shit. Just, just crazy. Um, we are going to end this here. Do join us on Patreon if you can. If you're enjoying this conversation, we're going to be there for another three and a half hours after this in a tier two and a tier three call. Uh, Patreon.com slash dualistic unity. That's it for today. Scott, as always, man, we love you. Thank you guys. Love you. Love you, man. Bye, everyone.